This podcast is all about giving back. No strings attached, no funny business, no get-rich-quick schemes, but simply to provide some of mine and our amazing co-hosts their wisdom, stories, and hopefully some valuable insights. Together, we have the ability to grow, sustain, and provide a healthy work-life balance for all the cleaners and restorers. As this is totally free, please subscribe, write a review, and share this podcast today. Now onto the show. Hi everyone. Hey, thanks for catching up with us again this fortnight. Tonight we have a very special guest, Dan Leschke. So Dan is a um, in the school system of the Queensland government and has just actually participated in a workshop um, for management, uh, dealing with staff members, students. But I'll let you tell you who you are, Dan, sort of your background um, and what the workshop was about. And that's probably going to go into the discussion of what we're doing today. So welcome, Dan. Thanks, Phil. I'm uh, currently acting deputy principal. I've just been appointed to Prospine State High School. Um, the leadership course I just participated in uh, was designed about instructional leadership and learning about the core fundamentals that you need as a leader and, and that you can learn and develop yourself as a, as a young and growing leader as well to support your staff to build their capability in their professional industry. Um, so today I look forward to sharing the knowledge and um, experience and the skills I've picked up from that course and, um, and seeing how, um, how we can contribute to, um, to future leaders today and tomorrow. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the idea of this actually, is the con- contributing back. It's the giving back, isn't it? Uh, and I think that's uh, part, of the, part of being a good leader is, not sort of taking that to you. Um, it's actually being able to give that back to the new people coming up. But how do you find that with people that are a little bit older than you? How does that sort of sit with uh, the older generation that you go to? Yeah, look, uh, good, good question, Phil. I think it's all about how you as a person, um, you as a person handle those situations and how you want to be perceived. So, I always go in with a growth mindset where I can learn from the people who have been doing the profession for years. So rather than coming in as a leader and telling them exactly, um, you know, what you want, going in with an attitude where you're there to support them regardless of um, age um, and wanting to grow from their industry with what they're telling you. So being able to listen, I think, is a really good skill as a leader and learning from their experiences, you know, what's gone wrong and what's gone right. What what can we do to help this industry grow together? Because as you know, Phil, uh, the workforce that we have today, we've got a unique workforce. And uh, I think it's important that we we nurture everybody as well and we learn and we work together as a team regardless of those um, of those barriers that may, may once have been a, a challenge for young leaders. Yeah. A, a couple... Good point you brought up there, Dan, was um, the fact that you're going in there to listen. Um, and I suppose with listening, there's a time frame where you have to listen. There's a time frame where you sort of have to do. Yeah. I suppose we'll go into that for a little bit and then we'll ask a few more questions. How do they teach you on that time frame? Like what is a good time frame? Is it a semester for school or is it three months? Is it a... You know, you can see there's something that's really wrong that really needs, is it sort of categorised into sections where that's a critical error that needs to be fixed? How does that, how do they sort of teach that um, in the education department? Yeah, so looking at timeframes there, um, 
when you're a new leader starting at a new school, you always look at uh, the previous annual improvement plan. So you look at the policies and practices that that school has developed before. And most schools as well have an action plan as well. So they've listed their priorities that, uh, that, that they want to address and that they want to um, improve on. Um, so with regards to timeframes, I guess I've, I've always come in with the attitude and what I've learned from this course as well is you always look at what is the most urgent and most, most um, you know, most required fundamental aspect that you need to look at or factor to improve that in that school. And look, you can set yourself a time frame as in a goal. I'd say usually about depending on what you're looking at will depend on how long it will take. So, for example, to improve staff morale and um, to improve staff morale and recruitment, you might be looking at a longer time frame, maybe about uh, 12 to 18 months, whereas something small, whereas improving the curriculum uh, for our students and, um, and our staff to be able to effectively teach that curriculum, you might be looking at a shorter time frame. So, example, maybe six to 12 month mark on that one. So it all depends on what you're looking at and you need to actually uh, structure that around your SMART goals as well as what I'm a big advocate for and what I've learned um, from uh, leaders as well is looking at those SMART goals, so specific, S for specific, M for measurable, A for achievable, R for realistic and T for timely, making sure that you can actually achieve what you set out to because what I've also noticed as well is some people set goals, but they try and reach them too quickly. And that yeah. can obviously have a, have a really poor effect on the culture that you have in the school and it can actually go backwards. So being realistic, not trying to achieve too many things at once because, you know, we've got so many challenges and so many barriers that, that we try to overcome every day. If we just t- if we just try and include the top three or the top two that you want to make a big difference in, I think um, making sure that that's realistic and making sure that you can have people on board to try and achieve that goal. It's all about as well as well going to making sure that you've got your staff on board and that they're able to um, and confident to be able to work towards that goal. I guess that becomes a challenge of being the new person in town too, is trying to get those new ideas and perceptions across in a manner that isn't overstepping your boundaries. You know, you're not coming in trying to be cocky at all. Uh, and, again, I'm just trying to relate this back to the small business owner where they might have uh, a new management team coming in uh, to take over a certain area. Um, they might have new staff members coming to that school or coming to that uh, to that uh, um, business. And it's, it's a matter of... As you said, that smart the smart goals. Be specific of what you're trying to achieve. So, again, it's it's the old. Uh, I was discussing this with you before, Dan. It's the scenario of a, a a football game. You know, like it's most most people have that desire to brand themselves or you know get the best uniform on, nice socks, the best shoes. Uh, but the, there's nothing as far as what their actual goal is, their end goal, what they're trying to achieve. And I guess with small business owners, it's a time crunch. Um, is it different between a school system and maybe a small business but with time uh, constraints when you come into a new school? Because obviously there's a lot of things, as a, especially as a deputy principal, you'd have to do. Um, so take that as a management position coming in. You're going to be busy. How do you manage your time to actually implement 
this procedure? Yeah, look, um, that's an interesting question you pose there because obviously, you know, we all want to be better at time and time management. What I yeah. what I can suggest as well that I think might align well with um, small business owners as well as what you've said is make giving yourself a timetable and and scheduling those important events in so you can meet them. So yeah. making sure that yeah, making sure that you set that timetable early in the piece and you also establish those boundaries with your staff about what days your meetings are going to be what days um, certain events are going to happen and activities that you can actually include your staff in your decision-making as well, I think is a really big one. Um, and setting those expectations really early um, with regards to when those events will happen, I think will help will support you as a new leader as well. So it may take a little bit of time out of your day before you, before you um, arrive each day at work or you may want to jot this down on the weekend just to give yourself some time to actually have a think about that in a quiet space rather yeah. than going in with four guns blazing and trying to get through those things all as once. I think as well, um, so a really important factor in that as well that I'd like to mention too is establishing your expectations early with your staff and learning what the expectations are from your staff about you. You know, what do you want, what do you see, see a leader as doing? What roles do you see them doing? And um, talking about time and being available to, to have a discussion when required, but also making sure that that time doesn't impact too much on your timetable as well. So that's what that's why we talk about establishing those expectations early, so you can function in your role successfully, and your team can function as well, which is really important. I guess again, as a business owner, it, it, you're not a nine-to-five worker. Mm. It's the same as being a, a principal or vice principal at a school. You're, you know, people think that school hours are, you know, eight till three and you get to go home. It's the same with a workload, isn't it, as a business owner? Like you, you start when you need to start, you finish when you need to finish and you try and get in as much in between as possible. So, again, it, your expectations have to be, also measured as well. How do you measure your own expectations? I know you said you, you get a schedule put in place, but how do you try and meet, uh, make sure you meet the expectations that you put on yourself? Because obviously what your staff see in you, they relate to. So if you aren't keeping up with your own expectations and measurements, so how do you manage that? Yeah, look, all of that as well, referring back to your goals as well and what drives you as a vision. So looking at your vision and what you want to um, what, what you want to do at your or achieve with your business early, I think would be really helpful for establishing your own expectations. But also reflecting each day, I think, as well, you know, reflecting on what went right and what went wrong, or maybe each every second day, just to give yourself some peace of mind about, you know just catching up with yourself and saying, look, these are the things that we wanted to achieve. Um, we're not quite getting there or we are getting there, but what else can we look at and can we approach it a different way, looking at those um, at those factors and things that you can include. So, look, I'd also recommend um, a really good idea about too about making sure that your expectations are set is just remembering about what drives you to do what you do as well, yeah. I think would be really helpful as well. So what drives you as a leader? What's your vision? What's your philosophy of your business or your philosophy of education? And making sure that you're following that each day is, is probably an viral trait. Um, another thing as well is you can also touch base with your um, or check in with staff or your um, 
or your secretary for small business just about how uh, about some feedback i think would be really good you know feedback doesn't have to be negative it can be constructive yeah. and the important thing about constructive feedback is you, you you take advice you take it, their advice and their opinion of what they're saying and you also think hang on maybe i can can be doing that better or maybe i we can look at that next week as well so just making sure that you're taking that all on board and making sure as well that in the afternoon you do have some time for yourself because mm-hmm. it is extremely busy i imagine a school is and a business is it's extremely yeah. fast-paced environment you're on the move all the time so Making some time out of your day in the afternoon might be a half an hour walk, it might be an hour, an hour taking the kids down to the park. You know, just something that will get you out of that space and in a in a positive mind space all the time. A great point you actually brought up there. Um, you don't have to do this alone. You said um, you know involve your secretary, involve somebody, involve yep. your team around you is an important part that. I'm guessing you got out of that uh, that course. Is that would that be right? Yes, that's correct. Working with your team um, yeah. rather than against your team. Yeah, and that 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 goes right back to where we started. Um, you know, is setting those goals initially from day dot. You know, and involving your staff and your team around you, so that everybody can see the same vision. Um, you know, I, I guess. You're going to have people in your industry that won't see your vision at the start, but if you keep going, it's like that old thing. If you build it, they will come. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you have that vision, it's a clear vision, and everybody can see the the goal or the end goal, the, the you know, the rainbow at the end, that gives them something to, to strive for and to achieve and to actually grab a hold of as well. And I think that's lost a lot in small businesses um, where we try to do everything ourselves. We try to like start a business up. Um, you know, we have to be everything to everybody. And we forget that the, that you bring in strong people in. You don't have to be the, the smartest person in the room, but you want to be the best leader in the room if you're the business owner. That's the goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct as well. And as a leader as well, you know, what the qualities and what um what traits do you show as a leader and what you value, your team will then show. So, yeah, a very good point. Yeah. So I want to go back a bit. Um, we're talking about staff morale, okay? How do we pump up staff morale? Um, you know, obviously we're going to have staff members that have got things going on in their days that, you know, we would like them not to bring to work, but it's human nature to bring those to work. Hmm. Um, you know, before we deal with what they deal with on a day-to-day, like students for you, um, staff members, uh, you know, clients for us, how do you how do you look at the staff morale coming to work in the right frame of mind, I suppose, to work uh, and leaving the same way they came in the right frame of mind? How do you work around, you know, things like that? Yeah, look, the biggest thing that I've learned about staff morale morale and the change or change if it is negative about staff morale is being being open and being um, available um, and being seen um, so for example I'll relate this back to in an education setting where as if if you're in your office every day 
um, and you don't come out of your office. Okay, yeah. staff, staff notice that, and that also has a big impact on staff morale as well. But if you're out and about and you're meeting people and greeting people, so, for example, um, when school starts in the morning, I'll walk around and some of the other leadership team will walk around and um, greet people and say good morning every morning. And just making making people see that you're making an effort to be there for them as well. Um, but yes, look, stress. Just, just on that, sorry, before we go further, I I think that's a major portion that people forget about mm. that as well. You you sort of get stuck in your own little head, don't you? But as a leader, you actually have to do that. It's it's something you have to be mindful and actually do. So yep. yeah, good yeah, point. That's right. And it costs nothing to say hello. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so I think if if you value um, if you value that as as a really admirable trait as a leader too, I think staffs well staff start start to see that and staff start to take an impact on it, and then I think it also goes towards a lot into creating a positive culture at your workplace. Yeah. So looking at that as well, um, I also just want to touch on um, you know the impacts of um, staff shortages, which have on stress and fatigue mm-hmm. as well, because yeah. that, that also impacts staff coming into work. Every day, so um, look. Some days in the in the education setting, we have about five or six teachers down. Obviously, in the morning when staff look at that, you know, it can also have a big impact on what their day is going to be like. So, being over, being available, and going and having a chat to them and checking in is a really powerful tool as well. Um, and also, just just being open to what to what they say. Okay, so, and but also, you know, just being able to. Um, to relate yourself into their position and in, in, when you're making decisions. So how will this impact the, uh, your staff when a decision is made with, with staffing shortages? Yeah. Um, owning that, owning that um, as a leader as well, as your responsibility to look after your workforce is a really big one. I think also as well, we've also got um, uh, staff counsellors as well in place with their roles and responsibilities who are, who are available to come and talk, talk to teachers as well and staff who are having a, a challenging time. So having those people in those places as well to also alleviate the pressure from your day-to-day business, which you might have, you might be scheduled with meetings and network meetings and all these things that happens in their day-to-day lives, you can actually also ask staff for help to go and work with that staff member and go and support them to make sure that their wellbeing is, is available. I guess just moving with that a little bit then is um, you're also involving them in the decision-making what goes forward from that point on as well, where you're not just dictating to them, hey, this is what's yeah. going to happen. You know, you're actually you're supporting them through that process because the, the work will shift one way or another. It has to shift because people are away. Um, but most of the time the work still has to be done, you know. So it is, mm. it, it's a great tool if you if you have that mentality that every day that you say hello to somebody and someone's willing to come to you with a problem and you discuss it openly and you share information from day one, it's a lot easier when you come into these crunch positions where, you, you know, everybody's under the pump, someone's away, and it's inevitable. It's going to be the worst day where everyone's completely booked up um, that someone will have a day off. There's nothing you can do about that. That This is the workforce, unfortunately. So that was a great point you uh, made there. So, so then you've got the morales when 
other people are involved with, say, your teachers, with your technicians, where now they're dealing with the students, now they're dealing with the clients and they, they bring the negative energy. So is there sort of plans around bringing that energy from others up or how, how did that work with you guys? Yeah, look, so at each school, the, the, it's documented in place now that they should have a wellbeing um, policy, a wellbeing framework for staff as well. Staff and students have a wellbeing framework. So in that framework there you'll see um, a, a majority, uh, sorry, various activities and events that staff can participate in outside school as well. Um, but also it opens up a flowchart of who your staff can talk to about various circumstances and various right. issues that are going on. Because as you said before, we all come to work with um, challenges going on outside in our lifestyle. So if that's impacting staff and their, and their, and their performance at work, um, I think it's a, a, good, a, good, a good point, a good flowchart to have available so staff can yeah. actually say, right, these are the people I can talk to, this is the line management, someone who I can go to when I need support for this. Um, if it's if it's impacting you that that if that much at at work, um, I think it's a good point as well as that you actually um, see what you can do to to try and keep that staff member um, um, you know work, working and coming to work. So there might be some changes that might need to be made. Oh, sorry, changes that might need to be made that you can actually involve that staff member in with decision making as well to try and support them at work as well. Yeah. So one of the things sort of we touched over but didn't really dive into was um, outside influences, outside events, um, you know, and I guess with students, students learn differently. We all know that, you know, some are visual, some need to read, some need to touch and feel, uh, you know, so everybody. And again, for small business owners, your staff, they all feel differently. They all react differently. The clients they're going to, they're the same. So they're going through uh, maybe a traumatic event. We don't know about it. And there are triggers uh, that we can look for. How do you instill in your staff members to actually have a look at those triggers and try and identify, okay, well, this isn't working. How do we change, pivot, and try something else? Is there sort of training around that as well? Yeah, look, we provide um, staff opportunities for professional development in, in that space. So pretty much very similar to the course that I just went on the leadership course. We open up the door and welcome staff to, to work on that, particularly about supporting children as well. But it also they can also reflect on themselves as a practitioner and within their own space as well with that with those uh, professional development courses that are offered. So we, we offer quite a few about counselling um, and also Trauma. Trauma is one of the biggest impacts yeah. that um, that impacts um, schooling yeah. as well. So, not particularly not just kids with trauma, but also staff with trauma. You know, so yeah. our staff also come from a, a, um, a, a variety of challenges as well as what you've mentioned. So, providing that professional development and those courses for those staff actually support them in in that process as well, which is which we find really helpful what we also ask staff to do is when they return from those courses is to actually share it with with the remainder of the team so yeah. it's a, it, it not only um, shows what they've learned but it also welcomes a door to collaboration 
and I think collaboration is quite an important um, a important teamwork skill that small businesses and education use. So the more effective you are as a team to collaborate and work together, the better you're going to look after your well-being and your results and your performance as a team. Yeah, there's, there's a couple folds on that. Um, the benefit, I suppose, of bringing it back to is quite often we send people to these courses and they sort of just go there because they have to go there. Okay. Where if you say to them, when you come back, you now have to now retrain that to your peers. They tend to listen a little bit better, take more mm-hmm. notes, really grasp what's going on um, to bring that back. So I think that's a really key um, thing. And I know we don't do it in our organisation, something that we're going to implement directly from this conversation, I can tell you that now. Um, because it, it's the thing, like um, we bring in new staff members and they uh, the first thing we teach them is, you know, OH&S, WHS stuff, okay? So um, that's one of the first things they learn. Then they learn the paperwork, the book work. Um, then they learn depending on what trade they're going into. So we're restoration. So that restoration side, so they learn water damage, odour, fire, mould, um, such and such. But they have to learn the basics as well. They have to learn PPE for your facial, what's going to your body. Um, so I guess once we do those courses, bringing them back and having a team meeting, like a, a toolbox meeting or something once a week, um, is that what you guys do? Do you have toolbox meetings, uh, like, Staff meetings, I suppose, weekly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to that. We have staff meetings as well, um, but in that staff meeting as well, we try and um, tr- try and see if we can um, share that information and that um, journey yeah. from their courses on within that. So. Yeah, and what's yeah. come out of it too? How's it made them feel? You know, trying yep. to really relate with everybody. So, I mean, that's that's a great idea. I get this question all the time. We don't know what to talk about in our toolbox meeting. So, I guess that would be a, a great way to have a look at it. Your professional development uh, plan in your in your uh, organisation, yes. and do that as well, mate. Um, is there anything else that you really touched on in that course that you wanted to bring to light? Yeah, look, I also. Um, just write this down as well, learning about emotional intelligence as well. That's yeah. a really important um, important um, thing to address as well within a school or within any workforce, really. Um, if your staff have a high EI, there's more um, research is what I've found in that course is that there's going to be more likely um, staff are able to actually problem solve as well and um, fix things as a team rather than to um, go down that negative journey with, with, you know, this is all bad, this is all doom and gloom. So having a high EI, and I'll put this to you as an example, um, the example that we got posed in our course was that there was a gentleman there in a full suit and he was standing in wet concrete while someone was um, was fixing that wet concrete. The common reaction from people is, you know, oh, what are you doing? You're, you know, you're, you're so-and-so or, you know, how dare you do that? Rather than looking at that low EI, looking at that high EI and actually trying to work out why why is he doing it, what's gone so wrong in your day today that's made you stand in wet concrete and not not yeah. care about you know what others are doing. So I think having that high EI and role modeling that from a leader and hoping that will generate and flow down towards your staff, I think is a, is a really effective tool and strategy that I worked out. So there's so much research about high EI as well. So 
I recommend if um, if you have an interest in that area and, and I think that, you know, it's a quite important thing to have as a leader to have a look at that research and see what, see what you can do and what you can teach your staff with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a great point as well is that we always, well, we, we tend to always look at the negative side before we look at the positive side, don't we, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, we have to step back as leaders and actually try and take in the whole scenario of what's going on before we try and give it like our point of view across of what we believe that's going on. So that's a great point. And I think um, as, as as young leaders and old leaders, it doesn't matter your age, um, that is a problem within the industries. There's not being able to look at things as a whole and actually get your head around and think about somebody else, for, you know. So that's a great point. Anything else, Dan? Or? Um, and one last thing is owning your mistakes as a leader, you know, not yeah. being prepared to put yourself out there in that vulnerable setting and saying, I made a mistake. You know, I think um, that, that's one of those, and it's one of those courageous traits that you can have as a leader is owning your mistakes and being accountable for them. Yeah. I, I think that that sets. And we talk about role modelling, role modelling that behaviour towards your staff as well. So your staff are more likely to say, yep, I got it wrong. This is what I'm going to do better next time. Yeah. Again, I'd put that perspective of the small business owner. Um, you know, staff will do things wrong. Like they're called accidents for a reason. They're not called on purposes. So if you find a staff member doing the same thing over and over again and you haven't done the training, well, then that's your fault as a leader. Um, so it's very important to understand that they will make mistakes. Um, it's a time to re-educate, retrain, bring in uh, people if you need to from exterior to get that message true because mistakes cost. Um, and as a leader, the biggest mistake you can do is not uh, retrain yourself that's going to cost you the most so Dan thank you very much for your time I appreciate it um, it's been absolutely fantastic I think this message um, is underdone in most industries I think we forget about um, the leadership in ourselves the leadership in the people that we entrust and um, the vision uh, of what we're trying to set and the goal we're trying to achieve so Dan, thank you very much and all the best with getting towards your goals and your vision. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you again, actually. So thanks, Dan. Thank you, Phil. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.